Welcome back to Well, That's Interesting, the hard to wrap my head around that time period, but I'll try edition. Oh my God. Oh yeah. I feel like that's every time period for me. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. uh, Episode 043, holy shit, that's old. Recent discoveries that blew archaeologists' minds. Ooh, I love a recent discovery. (laughs) That blows an archaeologist's mind. <laughs> Give it to me. Uh, I'm Jill Chacha, and I am with the impatient Marissa Riley. I am so impatient. <laughs> I need to know what the discoveries are. Right. Now. Now, uh, Dr. If, well, if this is the first time you're with us, uh, Dr. Riley Hello. here. Yeah. Hello. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the flock. And Dr. Riley here, uh, she comes in cold and learns everything in real time. It's true. Just like you. Just like you. I, I don't know these subjects. Sometimes I get a teaser. Sometimes I get a little nibble beforehand. But I don't know what these discoveries are. And we are going to learn about them yeah. together. I'm so excited. Listeners. So excited. Yeah, today we're going to talk about three really incredible finds that have been unearthed in the last few years. They answer questions, they raise more fucking questions, and they're incredibly fucking old. (laughs) Oh my gosh. But their discovery helps fill in, like, the blanks of our human timeline. Like, that's how important they are. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Are we solve? I'm trying to think of what we need to solve. There's... (laughs) Everything. There's so many problems that when I'm, like, asked to pinpoint one, I'm like, I don't know. (laughs) Yeah, all the words can't go through the doorway. I'm like, world (laughs) hunger? I don't know. (laughs) Well, we're not solving world hunger. What? Today. I'm sorry. I'm done. Okay, bye. Bye. There she goes. See you later. Okay. All right. Well, I'm back. I actually really want to know. <laughs> okay. So, all right. So, are you ready to travel over several thousand millennia and find treasure? Fuck yes. <laughs> okay. Where else could we possibly start? Are there other than in the cradle of humanity itself, Africa? Oh la la. Specifically, Egypt. Located in the very northeast corner of the continent. Mm. Now, my friends, please picture a map of Egypt whose shape is kind of like a square leaning to the left. Okay. Okay. It's like a fatigued square. A tired square. (laughs) It's a tired square. Now, if you point to the very northeast corner, there's the current capital, Cairo. Good to know. And just 17 miles south is Memphis. That's confusing. (laughs) As an American, I am confused. (laughs) Uh, This is where our first discovery slash story takes place. And a few things about Memphis. Okay. It was the OG capital of ancient Egypt. Oh, good to know. Yeah. And it must have been a stunning sight. It went by many names over its enormous history. But one of them was Inbuhej, which means white walls because the city was built of mud bricks and painted white. Oh, that's so beautiful. Sounds amazing. How serene. I want to go. <laughs> uh, by the time the Roaring Twenties rolled around, and by that I mean uh, 2613 BCE. Holy shit. <laughs> yeah, it was known as Menifer, or the Enduring and Beautiful. Oh. Yes, which was translated by the Greeks into Memphis. Oh. And that name stuck to this day. Got it. There you go. The Enduring and Beautiful. I know. I mean... Damn. I... <laughs> Can that be my name? My name means of the river. <laughs> Does it? Yeah. Really? Marissa, of the sea or of the river, of the water. I mean, that's kind of gorgeous. It's fine. <laughs> it's not as cool as enduring and beautiful. My, my, my name just means wet, actually. That's just not damp. bad. <laughs> my name means damp. Damp. <laughs> 
let's fast forward, shall we, to the coked up 1880s. Hell when, yeah. That's right. When Egyptology was all the fucking rage and white people couldn't get enough of mummies. If you're not sure what I mean, give that time period, period a Google or scroll back and have a listen to episode 024, The Kiss of Death. Highly recommend. You remember that one? Oh, yes. It's fucking amazing. Uh, so please do either of those Preferably listen to The Kiss of Death. And you'll see that uh, this included eating, snorting, selling, and air quotes, discovering as many mummies as possible. Fun. Yeah. Good times. Now, in 1885, a group of budding Egyptologists, artifact hunters, plunderers, take your pick for that time period, they opened up a tomb of a, someone who was like a really big deal. Okay. Now, they came across the burial grounds of Thames, the mayor of Memphis in 13th century BCE. And this person was a high-ranking official under the pharaohs Seti I and Ramses II. I've heard of both of those pharaohs. I have not heard of Thames. So. But I have now. There you go. There There you go. go. Thames was a big deal and now is a big deal to Marissa. Uh, And his burial plot reflected as much. Uh, It's about 230 feet long. Holy shit. Yeah. Um, I just keep thinking in my head, like, I wish I could sing and then I would sing this, but I I keep thinking (laughs) of the David Bowie song, Fame. Yeah. But instead of fame, in my head, I'm singing Thames. Thames. (laughs) I'm not going to sing it because I think all of our listeners would turn off the podcast. But I hope you're all thinking about it, too. Yeah, it's impossible now not to hum it. Thames. Thames. There you go. She did it. <laughs> One of us had to. And now... Just get it out. Everyone just do it right now. Take a second. <gasps> Excellent. That was oh, beautiful. Great. I love oh, that. Yours. Was amazing. Okay. So this, these budding Egyptologists, Egypt, I can't even say, Egyptologists. Yes. They cherry picked what they believed to be important and they sold items to museums in the Netherlands, Italy, and the United States. Now, if it sounds like I'm kind of being a little rude to them, assuming that they didn't really care or had respect for the tomb, it should be noted that after they um, discovered it, they failed to write down the location. Are you kidding me? Yeah. And then they never bothered to find it again. You guys. (laughs) Uh, uh, Digging stuff up 101. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, uh, Digging, actually, more specifically, digging up a grave 101. Remember that shit. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe don't do that shit, but also remember that shit. Someone's spirit. Yeah. You know. Might be there. And they might be mad. And you might be haunted forever. Were they haunted forever? Uh, I hope so. Good. So. <laughs> so Let's go with yes. Let's go with yes. Now, for 125 years, the tomb was exposed to weather, the sands of the surrounding desert, until it looked like this. Now, Dr. Marissa, I would love to show you what modern Egyptologists found in 2010. Ooh. If you would please describe what you see in this photo. And of course, every photo we talk about will be on our social medias, uh, Instagram, Twitter, all the fucking things. All the stuff galore. But this photo, what do you see? All right. So it is a picture of If you think of Egypt, this is a picture of the desert in Egypt. Um, Now, I see a giant mound of sand. Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. And then around this giant mound, by a giant mound, I mean it's like almost a mountain. Like, it's really high. Yeah, it's a big old pile. It's a big old pile. And around it are these kind of little brick structures everywhere Mm -hmm. and 
they're almost coming out of the of the pile of sand around the bottom mm-hmm. and then kind of in the foreground is is more of these little structures and it looks very abandoned it looks like no one's really touched it for a long time yeah i see kind of like a like a what's steps? the word steps into a i don't know a, a hole in the ground I, there's a better <laughs> word for that jill is probably gonna say it no. but there's a there's a hole in the ground like a, <laughs> there's a hole in the ground and then there's a gigantic pile of sand and dirt it looks really unassuming yeah yeah so it it essentially looks like what it is like someone dug up a grave which is like the size of a small town <laughs> and then left yeah and didn't do anything else exactly so for, re- for researchers, that big old pile of dirt is enticing. They wanted to know what the fuck was underneath it. Yeah. And their curiosity paid off. They rediscovered the tomb. Oh. And this time, beginning an excavation process to properly document the legacy and culture of ancient Egypt, including writing things down and doing a shit ton of analysis. Excellent. <laughs> so Excellent. We're doing it right, they folks. They did the first step. <laughs> They just tried. (laughs) Now, during one such excavation by Cairo University in 2013 and 2014, the southern wall was reached. And in the corner were a pile of broken jars. Oh, my God. Is that where the body stuff? Uh, Sorry. (laughs) I'm so... You know what? The spirit's going to come haunt me after this. Um, Organs. Uh, I don't want to give it away. Oh, okay, okay, okay. But there were a shit ton of broken jars. And inside one of them was something wrapped in a canvas, something not identified by any writing. Oh, I'm excited. I know. And honestly, just by looking at it, you can't really tell what it could be. It was only described as a solidified, whitish mass that could be food, question mark. Okay. Now, okay. Dr. Marissa, do you agree? Here's a photo provided by the university. <laughs> I... Yeah, it's a hard one. It looks like a white rock yeah 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 it's a white mass of like yeah dirt (laughs) yeah i mean if it was on the floor it like blends right the fuck in yeah i wouldn't ever think about this yeah ever is it like well it's not the key to world hunger obviously (laughs) is it the key to a world peace (laughs) (laughs) it is a key Yeah, we should get to it. Put a pin in that. Now, Egyptologists were stumped just like us. So enter Peking University researcher Enrico Greco, PhD. All right. He's part of a newish field of archaeology that focuses on ancient food or possible ancient foods found on sites just like this one. Okay. He and his team were asked to explain what this could be, and it wasn't easy. Dr. Marissa, would you please tell us what Enrico told Inverse.com how they first went about identifying it. Absolutely. All right, quote, we started with a typical fat analysis, but it was not possible to find any kind of fat because the sample was conserved in a very stressful conditions due to thousands of years of rainfall and Nile flood and then cycles of dryness. Specifically, the water dissolved the alkaline salt in the surrounding environment and transformed all the fats. Mm-hmm. End quote. There you go. I see, but also I need more. We do need more. 
their first dead end, their first option was a dead end. Their first dead end, sorry. Their first option was a dead end. It was time to get down on a molecular level. Le- molecular, molecular level. <laughs> molecular level. So after dissolving a piece of it, the team took a look at protein arrangement and what peptides showed up. And peptides are basically chains of amino acids. Cool. Their hope was to find chains that were identifiable. And boy, howdy, there were a few. Ooh. They found 500. <laughs> so, Chains of amino acids. Yeah. What, what's the norm? I don't know how to compare that. What's the normal amount? You know, it's just a lot. It was, it's just a food that's really common. And it was only a handful of peptides that helped narrow down what this chunk was. My friends, Mayor Thames, was buried with a generous slice of cheese. That is amazing. Yeah. That is, I'm trying not to <laughs> sing the Thames theme song right now um that's fucking amazing it's fucking amazing he, he was buried with cheese he was buried with cheese yes. oh my god i know a lot of people who would be fine with I, getting buried with cheese i would love to be buried with cheese please please bury me with cheese i'll turn you into a pizza you got it okay <laughs> so it was like cow-based cheese mixed with a little goat or sheep's milk oh fancy i know and it survived millennia ransackings fucking sandstorms floods and time itself it's about 3200 years old making it the oldest piece of cheese ever found oh my god i know oh my god i know it's so exciting <laughs> I don't know what to do with this information. I don't know either. What? Yeah. So get this. To help put it into perspective and blow your mind even a little bit more, the Great Pyramid of Giza is forty—excuse <clears throat> me—is 4,600 years old. This cheese is 3,200, nearly as old. Oh, my God. What? Did they put it in a, this cheese in a museum? <laughs> what do you do with this cheese now? I don't, I don't know what you do with this cheese. It's indestructible. <laughs> yeah. I wouldn't eat it. No, I no. That's actually it's a good reason. It's a, it's a it's a good thing you brought that up. Oh, okay. Now, this podcast wouldn't be this podcast if we didn't talk about shit that'll kill you. Yeah. So, <laughs> the oldest piece of cheese comes with a side of you guessed it some really old bacteria. Ooh. Yeah. Now the study, officially published in 2018, noted they also found the first direct evidence of brucellosis in ancient Egypt. This is a potentially deadly disease which spreads from animals to people via unpasteurized dairy products. Oh. Yeah. Quote, up until now, only indirect signs of brucellosis have been discovered on Egyptian archaeological pelvic and hip bones. End quote. As stated by the study called Proteomic Analysis on an Ancient Egyptian Cheese and Biomolecular (laughs) Evidence of Brucellosis. That's my favorite study title I've ever heard. Um... (laughs) Okay, so forgive me, I'm going to say this wrong. Brucellosis. Yeah. Brucellosis. So that was kind of like a a disease that was common it was back yeah. then. Yeah. But it's obviously not common now because I haven't had it. It's rare because we, um, you know, we have like rules about dairy production. Yeah. To like prevent this kind of outbreaks and stuff. Got so, it. so it's a good thing you don't hear about these types of outbreaks. But back in ancient Egypt, you know, they didn't have fucking twitter or fda you know so yeah they couldn't google exactly so it's you know it's probably like amazing that thames didn't didn't enjoy this particular slice of cheese because he may have experienced some pretty gnarly fever sweats headaches back and joint pain but luckily he's dead so 
How did he die, though? Did he die from the cheese? Oh, I don't know. <gasps> I don't know how he died. It might have been cheese. Oh, my God. <laughs> Death by cheese. <laughs> what? Thames. Oh, man. So let's get to the important question. What did the oldest piece of cheese taste like uh, before it was the oldest? So good question. Uh, according to the foodies over at the New York Times, it may have smeared like and tasted like your classic goat cheese. Nice. Yeah. That's a nice out- it's a, outcome. It's lovely. It's a lovely, it's a lovely cheese. A nice goat cheese you that kills it, you. That's right. <laughs> bring it to a party. So. To kill everyone <laughs> at the party. Now, after the break. <laughs> <laughs> after the break, we're heading to Russia for a Russia-sized structure that's a little terrifying and a hell of a lot impressive. Fuck yes. Please, stay tuned. Please do. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, everyone. Jill Chacha here from Well, That's Interesting. And I am absolutely thrilled to tell you about Spotify for Podcasters. I use it, I love it, and it all started by downloading the free Spotify for Podcasters app, which has all the tools you need in one place to record and edit your masterpiece of a podcast. Spotify for Podcasters also distributes your show to all major platforms, so when you hit publish, your episodes will stream not only on Spotify, but I'm talking about the Apples, the Googles, Stitcher, Good Pods, the other ones... (laughs) You get the idea. And you can monetize your podcast with no minimum listenership required. You could also set up monthly subscriptions and record ads just like this one. So what are you waiting for? Download Spotify for Podcasters today and start changing the world. Oh, and please, stay interesting. And we're back. We are so back. We're so back. And we're 350 miles south of Moscow. Holy shit. I'm glad we're south instead of north. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Uh, It's about a seven-hour drive. And my friends, if it sounds like we're in the middle of nowhere, you're kind of right. And it, well, at least it looks like it. Oh, Um, no. Now, (laughs) if you aren't aware of how important this land is to human history, you'd think it was just green, lush fields that went on for miles. Uh, It's rural. It's very pretty. But it's what's underneath the land that's been an archaeologist's dream since the 1950s. Okay, you've got my attention. Yes. We're in the district of Kostyanki, and it's actually closer to the border of Ukraine than any major Russian city, which may explain why Kostyanki is Ukrainian for little bones. What the fuck? Yes. <laughs> what the fuck? Maybe we should not be digging. <laughs> 
digging anything up in yeah. Kostyanki. Yeah. Or building houses on it. Kostyanki. I mean, there's so many bones they named the place. <laughs> bones. You guys. So. All right. Tell me more. All right. So... Back in 2014, Alexander Pryor, an archaeologist at the University of Exeter, UK, found something very not little. Okay. Okay, Dr. Marissa, I would like to show you a photo. And just with what you know from what I've just said, uh, please tell us what you think is going on in the picture and what do you see. Okay. And again, of course, all photos will be on our social media. You betcha. All right. <laughs> I, I'm not going to lie, Jill. I yeah. have no idea what's going on here. Um <laughs> All right, I'm gonna, I'm gonna. It's a, you know, it's um, it's a bunch of people yeah. sitting yeah. on. Looks like a ring. A ring. Yeah. So, okay, so it's a bunch of archaeologists. There you go. Uh, sitting on the ground, they're all holding buckets yeah. and they're kind of digging around in what looks like sand to me and in the yeah. background there's trees it sort of looks like a beach almost yeah um and then there's these little mounds in a circle mm-hmm. um i don't know what they are yeah and i'm worried yes okay so <laughs> what we're looking at here is the foundation of a building that existed 25,000 years ago oh my god and it was a literal and figurative mammoth smokehouse it was a fucking gigantic barbecue joint. For mammoths. Yes. I'm just going to take a moment <laughs> with that information. It was, yeah. It was a barbecue place. For mammoths. Yeah. That humans built. Did they make other things there? Ah, that's a great question. So, oh, okay. Now, well, tell me more. First of yeah. all, that's incredible that they yeah. found this. Yeah. I just didn't know that people ate mammoths. <laughs> did i didn't know that yeah i didn't know they turned it into barbecue and smoked it that's pretty interesting there you go feeds a lot of people i'm guessing it sure does yeah put a pin in that okay um, yeah this might be one of the first barbecue joints ever all right yeah. i respect it now before i get into the dimensions of this thing a little context about where us humans were in our timeline now 25,000 years ago is pretty much dead smack in the middle of the upper paleolithic era or basically the late Stone Age. Interesting. Yeah, which sounds really shitty and compared to the comforts of today, it really was. But, <laughs> but it was the era when human beings really became human beings. Now, Dr. Marissa, please help me explain. I'm going to start reading and then you take it away. How's that sound? Sounds like a plan. Let's do it. Okay, so quoting the Upper Paleolithic wiki page, quote, The Upper Paleolithic was the earliest known evidence of organized settlements in the form of campsites with some storage pits. Artistic work blossomed with cave painting, petroglyphs, carvings, and engravings on bone or ivory. Take it away. The first evidence of human fishing is also found from artifacts and places such as Blombos Cave in South Africa. More complex social groupings emerged, supported by more varied and reliable food sources and specialized tool types. This probably contributed to increasing group identification. There you go. Is that, the, is that the quote? That is the end of the quote. End quote. <laughs> Fucking fascinating. Yeah. So form, function, art, community, all of this merged to help us survive. And this mammoth building is an awesome example of that. Now, 
Along with all the photos we talk about today, there will be another one on our social media stuffs. Uh, it's going to be an aerial shot of the foundation, um, and, you're, and you can tell that this building was huge. It was about 40 feet in diameter. Okay. And get this, constructed solely with the bones of about 60 woolly mammoths. What? Yes. It was made from the thing that they were cooking? That is a, fucking yeah. amazing. It's That's a, so fucking interesting. Yeah. What? Yeah. Not. I can't wait to see. <laughs> yeah. After 25,000 years, though, the walls, they didn't make it. But here is a reconstruction of a much smaller version. Dr. Marissa, can you please break it down for us? How was this thing maybe built? Okay. Here's a photo. Whoa! <laughs> this is very cool. Yeah. Okay. Um, I would eat there. I would but, eat here, but too. But I'm a vegetarian, but I would eat there anyway. I, I mean, I think at the time, though, it was kind of all you had. It yeah. was like this mm-hmm. or like berries and like (laughs) but this is so cool so it basically looks like imagine an igloo and then imagine it made of a bunch of really big bones yeah and it looks like some hide and i think the coolest part is there's a door that is circular um so so an igloo it's like a half the whole uh structure is like a half dome yeah and then the door is like a circle yeah and, and, and the frame of the door is uh, two tusks. Yeah, it's really cool. So it's like... It's framing the... It's yeah. framing the door. Yeah. Someone put some, like, artistic intention. It's very smart. That into the doorway, this. the doorway, the, the cir- they made a circle for the entrance, and they made it out of the uh, tusks. And the roof is, like, made up of several hides. Hides, And yeah. the wall, the walls are, like, tied together um, with rope and... The walls themselves are just gigantic bones, just gigantic. massive bones. And I think I see a skull. I don't yeah, know. If there's jaws. Just... And there's like yeah, you'll see some jaws and shit. Jawlines. It's, it's just so cool. Yeah, it's very cool. I think if I saw this now, though, like it's problematic now. It's problematic <laughs> now. But if you think back twenty five thousand years yeah. before electricity and Google and seamless, like this is amazing. Yeah, this is incredible. It's incredible. Um, Archaeologists have a pretty good idea that this is basically what the building looked like because mammoth houses have been uncovered in the area for decades. Wow. So how do we know that this big-ass building wasn't the home of, like, some Kardashian Ice Age family? Good question. Well, nearly all homes had one designated cooking hearth, and left behind in the hearth would be charred remains of all sorts of shit. Reindeer, horse, fox bones... Whatever. Clear signs of people living in a space for an extended period of time. Wow. Just tons of shit. In this big-ass building, there were se- there were several cooking pits what? inside. And once again, only mammoth bones were found left in the charcoal. Oh, that's right, because it's our mammoth barbecue There you spot. go. Uh, researchers are also testing parts of the floor for drops of fat, which would suggest meat was hung to dry. Uh, plant tissue was found in some pits as well, suggesting that they paired their barbecue meat with barbecued veggies, veggies similar to potatoes and parsnips. Look at that. They're yeah. getting in their... Um... It's a balanced diet. Yeah, it's a balanced diet. Your leafy greens. Yeah, very important. Well, potato yeah. isn't a leafy green, but close enough. <laughs> it helps you poop. There it you all go. It helps you poop. Now, Alexander Pryor told Smithsonian Magazine this place was more about, quote, food processing and food storage activities than anything else. Uh, the size itself meant it was damn time-consuming to make, 
to hunt 60 mammoths or to scavenge the massive bones or a combination of the two takes coordination. Mm. It's nearly impossible to build something like this without communal help, which means it probably had a communal purpose. Mammoth barbecue house. I love that. Yeah. Oh, I love that so much. So why this area, though? Why Kostyanki? Well, Dr. Marissa, would you please do the honor and read from the Smithsonian article, a mysterious 25,000-year-old structure built of the bones of 60 mammoths. Wow, 60 mammoths. Uh, yes, I would love to read this. All right, quote, Kostyanki was a focus for human settlement throughout the last ice age. Uh, Pryor said, it's a huge investment in this particular place in the landscape, end quote. His team has some theories as to why, um, quote, there's evidence that there were natural freshwater springs in the area, which would have remained liquid throughout the year. Uh, that warmed water would have drawn animals, including mammoth, and in turn attracted humans to the same spot, end quote. So basically, they had water, they had ma- mammoths. Yeah. Good to go. It's all about location. Location, location. Love it. There you go. It worked then, and it works now. Fuck yeah. And uh, speaking of location, after the break, our final location, and we're heading even further back in time. Oh my God. To solve a local legend. Did the devil ever take a walk through the absolutely stunning village of Roccamanfina, Italy? Wow, I I never thought anyone would ask me that. (laughs) I can't wait to find out more. Yeah, I can't wait to show you some photos. Uh, Amazing. Please, stay tuned. Please do. 20th Century Studios presents Vacation Friends 2. Now streaming only on Hulu. Look at us all together again. We just wanted to give you guys a real honeymoon. Shots, shots, shots. Now streaming. He was just released from jail. Where can I get a drink around here? Back on vacation. This place is nice. It's drug lord nice. I'm sorry, drug lord nice? With more baggage. Ever since he showed up, he turned this relaxing vacation into total chaos. Who does that? Vacation Friends 2. Rated R. Now streaming only on Hulu. And we're back. We are so back. We are so back. And we're in the most charming goddamn Italian village you ever did see. Fuck yes. I love it. Are you ready to leave Russia? Yes. (laughs) And head to Italy. Yes, that sounds amazing. (laughs) Everyone, please picture a map of Italy. I would love to. Okay, now point to the middle of the west coast. Okay. Uh, There's Rome. Ah. Yeah, and just a smidge south, just about 25 miles is where we are. Roccamonfina. Ooh, Roccamonfina. Everyone say it. Roccamonfina. In the Campania region. Campania. <laughs> I had to say do all we, the words. Do we, do we all want to say it together? Campania. Campania. <laughs> so please, please give it a Google and try not to weep. It's oh. everything you expect in an ancient Italian town. It's like fucking surrounded by chestnut trees. Not chestnut trees. <laughs> oh my God. Be still my heart. <laughs> now, Sometimes ancient places have ancient folklore, Rocamonfina not excluded, especially when your village is at the edge of a now dormant volcano of the same name. Okay. Now, our volcano was feisty once upon a time, and for a a damn long time, uh, from 650,000 years ago up until 50,000 years ago. Okay, so only 600,000 years. That's right. That's right. It was just (laughs) a little chunk of time. (laughs) A little blip. That's it. So it's no longer spewing lava, just 
just earthquakes every now and again. That's oh, it. So, okay. Yeah, so <laughs> apparently some folks were totally fine with this. Uh, and they basically, people began to settle here. Okay. So, okay. Then, <laughs> so then sometime in the late 1700s, early 1800s, something appeared along the slope of the volcano. Oh, no. Heading away from the crater. Now, Dr. Marissa, I would love to show you a portion of what was revealed by good old-fashioned erosion. Oh, my God. Um, what do you see in this photo? Okay. Pulling it up right now. All right. This is stressful. Okay. <laughs> okay. So I'm, I'm looking at what looks like, I'm guessing, the side of the volcano. It right? is. That's right. It looks like... This, it looks like a slopey rock yeah. ground and a little bit of moss. That mm-hmm. doesn't matter, but it, there's some <laughs> moss there. It's cute. Um, and then all the way through the rock or, or, or in a path are, you guessed it, footsteps. Yep. Um, but the footsteps, it looks like when you put your feet in snow yeah. and you leave footsteps behind, there's like these deep craters. Yeah. Except it's in the rock. That's right. How does that fucking work? <laughs> did it, did Bigfoot eat too much over the <laughs> pandemic? Totally fine if you did. We all did. Yeah. And just took a nice heavy walk heavy. to the volcano. <laughs> yeah. Or away from the volcano. Yeah. Yeah. It's alarming. I mean, it's clear something walked through this rock or something. Anyway, yeah. These footsteps lead away from the open mouth of a volcano, which for an Italian can only mean one thing. It was the devil. Oh, got it. it, it. (laughs) So who else could possibly walk through hot lava unharmed? So ever since, locals have been calling the footsteps Ciampate del Diavolo, or the Devil's Trail. Oh, I love that. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't until 2003 that archaeologists took a serious look at them. And look at them they did for 15 goddamn years. What? Trying to figure out what these things are. So, was it the devil? Was it? I don't know anymore. <laughs> Unfortunately, no. Oh, I know. It. But it's still interesting. Let's talk about it. Now, there's about 80 indentations in total. And they were made after an eruption, while the ash was still warm, around 350,000 years ago. Oh, my God. Yeah. There's three sets of tracks, nearly all leading downhill with a few uphill. And they've been labeled trackway A, B, and a possible trackway C. I like the uh, Devil's Trail better. (laughs) Can we we do Devil's Trail 1, Devil's Trail 2, and (laughs) Devil's Trail 3? Just a suggestion. <laughs> I that would make it that would make a great trilogy for a movie. That'd be amazing. I would love it. Let's, let's get on that. Let's tweet someone about it. <laughs> so, Dr. Marissa, would you please give us some detail uh, about these tracks provided by the Chiampate Wiki? Uh, it actually provides some good visuals. Ooh, I would love yeah. to. All right, quote the first identified as Trackway A, or as I like to call it, Devil's Trail One. There you go. Uh, measures. <laughs> 44 feet and consists of 27 prints from left and right feet descending 14 feet vertically along a Z-shaped course. It testifies to a careful descent down a steep and probably unstable slope. Trackway B is 28 feet long 
and descends 9.5 feet vertically along a single curved route. Less care was taken with this part of the descent as slips and irregularities indicating stumbles are visible. Finally, the less well-preserved trackway C measures 32.7 feet along a single straight line which descends 8.4 feet vertically. Occasional handprints are available where the track maker sought support on a steep slope and a couple of animal paw marks mm -hmm. made by a dog or wolf are also visible, end quote. So it yeah. just sounds like someone or a couple people were walking down yeah. while, you know... <laughs> while uh, while it was still all the shit was happening yeah all this crazy fucking shit yeah now uh big dog wolf don't worry scientists don't believe anyone was chased okay uh the distance between the steps looks as though just like you said they were just like meandering just walking through it they were only moving about three feet a second so they weren't running at all they were yeah. definitely just taking a walk so who were they and why were they hanging around a volcano that just erupted well, that sounds like a very human thing to do, doesn't it? Oh, yeah. I was going to say, because why not? They're, yeah. Humans are stupid. <laughs> so. I don't know. But also, I, I have so many other questions. Yeah. Tell me more okay. about what so, you know. It sounds like a very human thing to do. And yes, you're right. They were human, but put a pin in it. Okay. Okay? We know between three and five people made these steps uh, with feet measuring a wee eight inches in length. What? And it's possible they were only four and a half, five feet tall. Were they children? They're so cute. Now, put a pin in that. Ooh. Yeah. Now, between the year the steps were made and these measurements, it's impossible to be Homo sapiens. What? Modern humans rolled out of Africa around 70 to 100,000 years ago. This was 350,000. These people were way more ancient. It's possible the tracks were made by a hominid ancestor. What? Possibly... Homo heidelbergensis. Okay. And get this, young ones. They may have just been young adults just dicking around. I love it. Yeah. So. Even our most ancient descendants. That's right. Fucked around <laughs> in places they shouldn't have been fucking around. Exactly. That's exactly what happened. I love it. And if you think about it, what else was there to do 350,000 years ago for fun? Yeah. So. Except for walk in lava. <laughs> so. What? Well, now at any age, you know, it's a straight up bad idea to walk upon anything fresh out of a volcano. So it, it looks as though they explored several hours after the initial eruption. Okay. Quote, quote, based on the observed step length and depth of the footprints, the archaeologists concluded that the volcanic material was still soft and yet cool enough to allow for slow and regular walking by the hominids likely not exceeding a temperature of 122 degrees Fahrenheit. Ah, uh, that answers my other question, were, uh, which was, did they burn their feet off? <laughs> so, I, I, so I looked it up, how hot to the touch is 122. It's, it's just a little hotter than a warm bath, which is usually around 92 to 100 degrees Fahrenheit. So, so they're fine. They're, they were fine. Maybe they had a little pet with them. And that quote was from Forbes.com. So it wasn't the devil, but it was a close second. Maybe some truly ancient kids looking to raise hell. And I fucking hope, I hope it was. I hope it was. Yeah. Cooler than the devil. Yeah. <laughs>
is little shits. <laughs> little fucking I, shits. I love I love me some little shits. There you go. They're great. It's adorable, and we love we love you for listening, subscribing. Oh, we love you so much, our business geese. We That's love right. you guys. We love you. Thank you for telling your friends about these little shits and the oldest piece of cheese ever found. Please do. It makes. Ugh. It'll make you a fucking hit at the next party. Seriously. It made my day. (laughs) So uh, that's the end of episode 043. But please, stay interesting. Please do.